0: Yo, welcome back to another conference preview with the Transfer Portal CFP presented by No Context CFP. Man, I talked about the ACC last week. Talking about the much better conference this week. It's the Mac Mac Maction. It's always back. It's always the best. You love it. We love it. Haters hate it, but we don't really recognize them, do we? It is the premier conference of college football. It's the only conference where anything can happen. It is much like the NFL, it is a league that is determined week to week by coin tosses and unpredictability. You never know what is going to happen. The Mac is the college football conference that most equates to the NFL. I'm just saying know there's just so much there's just so much parody it's, it's 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 the only conference that parody exists so some are saying year to year, you never know what's going to happen. Last year on here, we were talking about. I was talking about, oh, Ohio, I'm pretty skeptical. I don't really know what to expect from Curtis Rourke. He's having trouble living up to the hype that his brother said. And just, you know, after two weeks of Ohio's football season, I'm locked in. I'm the biggest Ohio fan there is. They go on, lose the MAC championship game. They they went like three and nine or whatever the year prior. You have Northern Illinois who seemingly – is at the top of the conference one year and at the bottom the next. You just never know what's going to happen. You're going to have Kent State. We'll talk about them, who had underperforming season last year. I know we talked very highly of them last year, and things just didn't click. A lot of injuries and stuff decimated this year. Absolutely decimated. They're going to be one of the worst teams in the country. So year to year in the MAC, anything could happen. We can't wait to talk about it. We can't wait to watch some good MAC football. That begins in the non-conference, Matt. Action time. Uh, I went first last time. You go go first this time. I go first? Okay. We're going to start with the top non-conference game that we're looking forward to. Mine is week one. It's Toledo at Illinois. I'm just excited for the class of the Mac. Everyone loves the Rockets. I'm excited for a really good Toledo team with a lot of seniority and a very good coach, Mr. Candle, to go out there against a tough Big Ten opponent, not like, not the upper echelon exactly, but pretty solid program now it is Illinois. They had a really good season last year. They played great defense. Toledo's offense has a chance to go up against a, uh Illinois defense that has some playmakers. We're talking about e- even in the trenches, like Jerzahn Newton and Keith Randolph, and I like Matthew Bailey a lot at safety. So it's going to be a nice test for Toledo, and who knows? Maybe the Mac gets nuts and we're knocking off Illinois in week one. You never know.
1: I have I went with another potential upset in week one. I went with the Miami Bowl. It's, it's the test to see who, who the real Miami is. It's Miami, Miami, Ohio's very good defense against a very, very shaky Miami, Florida offense. Can they can if they can stop Miami, can can Brett Gabbert put together enough of an offense that they can beat Miami? It's possible. They could take the turnover chain. They could be the re- they could be the U. It's possible. I'm excited to see it. I hope it doesn't happen as a big Miami Florida fan, but as a big Maxion fan, always right
0: for the brand. Big Miami of Ohio fan coming up this year, Matt. Come on, come on. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, like, sticking with uh with the school from Oxford, my best conference game to look forward to. It, it's a rivalry. It's not the same as the rivalry of the Miami Bowl, but it's Miami of Ohio at Ohio in Week Nine. It's a pivotal clash between two teams that are competing for for their division crown, trying to vie for that spot in the MAC championship game. So I really love looking forward to this game every year. It's going to be two great teams, full force, hopefully full health, and you're looking at two of the better teams in the MAC in that game. So make sure you lock in for it. I also went, we won the same 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 week for both games. I went with week nine
1: Toledo at Buffalo and what I think could be a preview of the conference championship. I think the, I think Toledo is the class of the West, and I think Buffalo has a very good chance of taking down uh ohio and east in this game if they were able to pull off an upset here would go a long way in getting them into that conference championship game i think i think buffalo's a very good team i think cole snyder's gonna take a step forward this year and then toledo we obviously know what they are great coaching daquan finn is a stud we know we know what they do but i'm very excited about this game
0: yeah so both of us go with the miami ohio game and the toledo game Really good programs. So will hear what we think about them later on. Let's go with two key players. I'll let you, uh two breakout sleeper players first. You go first.
1: Uh my first I went with uh Will Kakmarek, tight end out of Ohio, who I think could be in for a breakout year. They have two very good tight tight ends at Ohio. Kakmarek's more of the pass catcher, while his uh his duo Tyler Foster is more of the road grader. But Kakmarek, he put up a, about 200 yards last year, which is decent for a tight end that's in. It has another good tight end with him. But I think he could get a lot of production with Rourke this year. I think he could get into the 500, 600 yard range and can be considered for some NFL hype.
0: Yeah, I really like the Kakmarek call. I talked to Ohio tight end coach Brian Metz about their team this season as I wrote our Ohio preview uh, in our magazine, and he's talking about their tight ends a lot. Uh, he didn't go and say that they're the best tight end duo in the MAC, but he did say, you know, probably number two. They're up there. They're a really good tight end duo, and Kakmerk's going to break out um for my first guy I went with Northern Illinois running back Ontario Brown he had a pretty solid season last year but I think he's really going to explode this year gonna see a lot of strength with him a lot of good lug driving I think he just finds a good way of finding his holes and always makes the ideal move to make a man miss I think he's in for a big time season gonna produce a lot on Northern wow. Illinois team that's looking to rebound this season he was a sneaky prize picks guy for me last year he, 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 Definitely
1: he was he, he was gashing a little bit in the middle of the year uh with for my second guy I went with uh Gage Larvadane, uh transfer at Miami Ohio transferred from uh, southeast Louisiana he is a speed demon and on a team that needs a wide receiver to take a step up I think there's a potential that he could do that he had 730 yards the big play threat at southeast Louisiana this year and I think he could put up similar numbers this year
0: like that call i'm i'm going with ball state tight end one of the two yeah bray hunt i'm going with tanner cozy i feel like maybe i'm cheating here calling him a breakout or a sleeper pick but i don't feel like he's being talked about enough at all i mean he did make all mac first team last season as a freshman we're talking about six foot seven 230 pound beast with nfl potential he and Hunt both have it it's one of the better tight end duos in the entire country, you're going to see all produce a ton. He's going to have more than the seven touchdown catches he had last season. I would look for double digits. He's He was tied for fifth most in all the FBS for a tight end, and he was second most among all freshmen, regardless of position. So he's going to be in for another monster campaign, and I just don't think people are talking about Tanner all enough at all. I mean, the height, the catch radius, the movement that he has after the catch, like – you watch him, you know he's he's league grad- uh, right. he's not a league right, but he's a league guy. He's a league guy. The tight the tight end group is very deep in the Mac this year. It is, much unlike the uh Sunbelt. <laughs> uh sorry Sunbelt for taking a shot at you. I'll be uh, also previewing your conference, so look forward <laughs> to me slandering your tight ends. It's a stride. they didn't deserve that. They didn't deserve that. I'm sorry, Fun Please I I apologize. Key players, Matt, key players.
1: Uh, my first, so key players, uh, again, we're talking about guys that maybe aren't stars, but guys that are going to be very important to the the success of their team. And the guy I went with first is, uh, Ruby Curry at wide receiver out of Buffalo. He's someone, if I remember correctly, you liked a lot early at Arizona. I did. I did. I didn't get to see the field enough. And he, he didn't see the field a lot that last year, but the Buffalo lost a couple of receivers this year. And I think he's going to be able to step on the field. And I think if he and Cole Snyder can form a good connection, I think there's a chance he steps up into is a wide receiver one for that offense this
0: year. Yeah. You know, I love that call uh, for my one, for my first key player, I did go with the star, but Again, this is someone that probably doesn't get talked up enough. It's a day two potential pick in Toledo corner, Quinian Mitchell, who made first team All-Mac last season and even was a second team All-American per Walter Camp, Phil Steele, PFF. Like this guy is an absolute dog, sticky in coverage. He doesn't give you any room to make a move, to make something happen. We have six interceptions last year, if I'm not mistaken with with uh he had he had four interceptions in that one game if i'm not mistaken as well with two pick six. Quinion mitchell's a dog i've been talking them up for a long while now even before his breakout game so look out for quinian he he's definitely a stud uh, like easy easy draft
1: potential should be should go early uh my second guy i went with quarterback which we, we haven't gotten a lot of here but uh bert emmanuel junior at a cmu I think if he if he takes a step, if he can be any sort, we know what he can do with his legs. He's phenomenal with his legs. He's absolutely electric. If he can take any kind of step forward and be a passing threat, he doesn't have to do a ton, but enough that he that, that it's a threat. The, the central Michigan offense could be
0: dangerous this year. Yeah, I mean, Burt Emanuel Jr. Man, watching him play last year was, it, it was I I don't know. It was like a fairy tale. Like what was happening could only be random on on a script. You would have thought just dashing through the snow like he was too in that blizzard game crazy uh my other player for a key player is actually another cornerback it's dante kent at central michigan this is another guy that i think has a lot of nfl potential you find this very often in the mac you find a lot of extremely talented players that don't get talked about enough that scream nfl potential and i see that in dante kent i have with he and Quinion since 2021 dante is super physical, really good at breaking up passes. He times things well. He's going to bully you, and he's going to let you know about it. He's he's just another really fun watch and a guy that people need to be talking about more. I would also even go as far as say that it is insane that Quinion and Dante and even Bert Emanuel Jr. to an extent didn't, you know, receive, know, didn't maybe get poached. You know, maybe they get posted by another school via the transfer portal. I'm pretty surprised that all three of them are still at their school and ready to play in the MAC this year. I'm glad, but I am surprised. I I think if, if Bert has the year I expect him to, I I think
1: he'll be gone next year, as he, he's oh, only yeah. he's only he's only a redshirt sophomore this year. There, there there's there's teams out there that could use that.
0: Yeah, if Bert bolts out of the game, he's looking at a nice Power Five job somewhere. Like you could you could definitely see him at like a UCF. So what are we moving on to now? Just team stuff? Teams, that's where we are. Okay, so we're going to go in alphabetical order because that just makes sense, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. That means we're starting with the most exciting team in the Mac, the Akron Zips. Ooh, Akron. Don't worry, though. Akron is not as bland as you would think. Alex Adams is an exciting receiver. You've got... The incomparable DJ Irons at quarterback. This is an Akron team that went two and ten last year, but things are looking up. Things are looking up for Joe Moorehead and his group. This is a team that um, they they won two
1: games last year, Matt, and I think they'll win more this year. Not maybe not a lot more, but I think they will win more. The total is
0: three and a half.
1: Obviously, the sh- the the on offense, it's the Irons the Adams connection. That's the main show. What they need in order to keep that connection going is the offensive line to play bad better. It was significant, it was one of the worst in the country last year. They were 130th in the country in sacks allowed ahead of only Colorado State. And if you're ahead of only Colorado State in something, that is not a good thing. You want to be far away from Colorado State in any stats but the 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 O-line was bad last year and lost two starters so and they didn't bring in much help in the portal so they do have a ton of O-line on the roster who have in-game experience but none of that not a lot of starting experience
0: yeah we'll see if some guys could break out and play really well for them um i, I mean looking at looking at the Akron schedule what jumps out to you and I also kind of forgot to shout this out but We obviously have a call triple season preview magazine, $9.99, best deal on the market. I won't go into detail about selling it, but you can find our Twitter and stuff. Our, Our writer Dave, who was on the Mac podcast preview last year, had a ceiling of six and six for the zips, floor of 0 and 12, realistically four and eight. Jumping out the schedule, the thing that jumps out
1: to me is they have a tough non conference. Outside of Morgan State, they have a tough non conference schedule. Temple, Kentucky, Indiana. Kentucky and Indiana probably chalk those up as losses. Morgan State should win that at home. At Temple, I think that's going to be an interesting thing. Interesting test to start the season.
0: So what, what would you say
1: that Akron's record is going to be? My prediction, what I wrote down, was 3-9. and nine. I, I think they improve. It is an improvement from 2-10. and 10. You cannot deny that. That is more wins. That, that is a more wins, but it is under their win total, which you would classify as a
0: disappointment. I'm gonna go four wins. I'm gonna Ooh. go four wins. i ones. I'm gonna give them Morgan State. And I I'm gonna give them Bowling Green, Kent State. And I think that they're gonna they're gonna shock people late in the late in the calendar year. I think they're gonna beat one of Miami, Ohio, or Eastern Michigan for absolutely no reason other than its match. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, that that's what happens in the match.
0: <laughs> it needs to happen for Akron. They're looking for a spark and they really get the ball rolling for 2024. So we're uh, we're on to um wait did you want to say something?
1: No, that's good. I was just I was just gonna say now. Can like, are you good to move on to Ball State?
0: Yep, yep, yep. Brady Hunt, Tanner Coziel, and we'll meet the rest of the Ball State. Yeah, uh,
1: lots of new faces at Ball State. The QB competition should be interesting. They they haven't really announced a starter yet at, at all. The the two guys are uh, Lane Hatcher, who I think is gonna win. He has the better arm of the two, but I. It's going to be interesting to see who lose out. And then obviously, losing the best running back in the Mac and Steel to UCLA hurts they getting the second best. in Marquez Cooper really softens that blow,
0: yeah, my the fact that Marquez Cooper transfers from Kent State and stays in conference was very surprising to me. I thought he would have gotten an opportunity elsewhere at a bigger school, but you know it it could be because of his height. It probably is because of his height his size that he stay there. Um, if I'm not mistaken five foot six five foot seven is for Marquez Cooper but lightning in a bottle it was obviously fun watching him play for Kent State because he truly embodied what Golden Flash is we'll see him now tear it up in months he's a very exciting talent also like Ethan Kroll on the O-line I think Ball State's got some pretty solid pieces you have again two two NFL capable tight ends Marquez Cooper would be an NFL guy if if we threw away the fact that he's like five foot six, five foot seven, they they've got a lot of really good players on this ball state team. And you know, the win total is four and a half. I just think that's too low.
1: And yeah, the, the defense is gonna be interesting last year because their secondary was pretty good last year, but they obviously lose two DBs to the NFL in uh uh Nick Jones and a Chemi Uzadiman. But they, they have a really exciting D-line. I like Cole Pierce, Sydney Houston Jr., Kyle King. All those guys are really good on the D-line. All those are guys that can get four or five sacks this year. And if, if they can if they can rack up, rack up some sacks, the defense can be good. So I think I do personally think four and a half is a little low as well. I went with five and seven, but I think six and six
0: is very doable and get into a bowl game. So what what wins do you have for them? I assume Indiana State is well, where I, it begins.
1: I'm upsetting Georgia week two, obviously. Oh, no, of course. Uh, Indiana State, Georgia Southern, uh, I have them. Kent State, uh, Northern Illinois, nah, I have them beating Central Michigan at home and then beating one of Western Michigan or Eastern Michigan away, probably Eastern, probably Western, probably Western.
0: Yeah, I, I would have them being Indiana State. I think I think Georgia Southern will be them, so I'll have one, three out the gates. Western Michigan is two uh bowling green is three i would give them kent stay at four so i have them at four i still think the wind tolls low though it's just they've got a really tough schedule like you've got kentucky and georgia for it like you are starting no one too and that's why these wind tolls factor i, I like Vegas, I, I guess like i guess it's good at their job Yeah, they really are uh, crazy that they are assuming Kentucky and Georgia are going to be losses for Ball State. Absolutely wild that they'll see like a a Kent State-Georgia type-esque battle as we did last year. But, yeah, I don't know. I'd probably say five wins for Ball State. I feel like they could pick a game off that we're not expecting. Uh, It could obviously happen in this conference. Maybe Toledo falls flat week seven. It wouldn't be out of the round. I, th- I think they, if you look at it, they have four games that should be wins and then
1: they maybe steal one or two more at home is, is, is how we look at the season.
0: All right. You know, Clay call leads that defense, really good player. Um, we'll have to see what else. So who, who else ball state finds that steps up. That's super important. There's a bunch of new players year after year that pop up in the Mac and we're introduced to them and we become fans for life. We'll move on. To Bowling Green, Scott Loeffler's team, a win total of four and a half. Bowling Green, a really strong campaign last year. Six wins, five in the MAC. Going Bowling, which, which was surprising to me personally. I thought
1: Bowling Green was going to be really bad this year. And they took a step forward this year. One of their biggest problems last year was they never had consistent quarterback play. At, excuse me. Consistent quarterback play at all. And then they go out and get Connor Basilak, who should be an improvement on anyone they had under center last year. So if he if he can if he can kind of manufacture this offense into a good offense, they can be a little dangerous.
0: Definitely agree. Um when you look at the ball state roster, first name that should jump out to you if it's not Basilac, is probably going to be Odu Hilaire, formerly of Alabama and AM. He is a highlight. Uh, he, he's a human highlight reel. Like, he has made some absolutely absurd one-handed grabs. I, I kind of feel like this guy could go out there and do a one-handed, no-look 360 catch. Like, he's just that talented. And you and Baselak's going to have to get the ball in his hands a lot. They lose Tyrone Broden, but Odu Hilarious is just going to get a lot more opportunity this season. So, also look for, I don't know, maybe an Austin Osborne to step up, maybe a Jalen Tillman. You're going to have to look for some of these – you know, lesser names on Bowling Greens in Bowling Greens receiver room to make an impact that we're not expecting. Look at Ryan back too; they've got some dogs
1: in, in the backfield. It's kind of the story of the Mac. There's there's a couple places that they have an obvious star, but there's a lot of committees in the Mac and it's a lot of good players. And it's just the case again here. Tehran Keith is a good running back is also an electric at returner. Jameson Patterson, Jamal Johnson, three. Those are three good running backs that all all can gash
0: you at any time it's going to be super cool to see what what these fellows could do this year i don't know where are your expectations
1: uh so the offense i like the offense is exciting the defense i think will struggle it lost their two best pass rushers and walter hare and then carl brooks so i've said huge 10 sack season so the defense loses a lot of its best players darren anders returns and he's their star at middle linebacker but other than that i think the defense is going to struggle so I I have I have four and eight year, which is under their win total, but I think they're going to be a very exciting team. I think there's going to be a lot of
0: shootouts in Bowling Green games. A lot of shootouts in Bowling Green games. Well, that sounds fun. Do you think that's fun? That's, I just, of course
1: that, That's what that's what the matching is, or okay. what, what's what it's supposed to be.
0: Just wanted to make sure. I also, if I'm not mistaken, when you were talking about running backs, I also think you left out Terry on Store who who's a big name that they're getting back. So that just makes the Bowling Green running back room even better. Our realistic prediction from Garrett in the magazine is four and eight, four, three, and nine, seeing a seven and five. Uh, Liberty, by the way, soft schedule, Charmin soft. That's who Bowling Green opens with on the road. I, I'm going to say Bowling Green going to beat Eastern Illinois. Uh, and then what? It, it, like it does look like a very bad start. It looks like a one-five start on paper. At Buffalo, I oh gosh, this schedule is tough, Matt. Yeah, it's not. It's it's not great. No, it's not. No wonder four and a half might be too high. That's that's I. That's why I went
1: with four and eight. I they, I think they're a good team. They're an exciting team, but I just think they they they, they
0: run into a rough schedule. It is a brutal schedule. The first half is it, it's a murderer's rope when you're talking about Bowling Green. It's at Liberty versus Eastern Illinois at Michigan versus Ohio. At Georgia Tech, at Miami of Ohio, so even outside of your non-conference games, you're playing two of probably the top three, top four teams in the conference. Absolutely brutal. I, I yeah. think you're probably looking at a one and six start. Like, could, could they take one?
1: Like uh, at Miami Ohio, at Buffalo, maybe, but I, I don't think it's likely. Those are two very good teams. Uh, then, but then you it softens up a little bit versus Akron at home with Ball State, and then at Kent State. I think That's they a take. Nice Think they take at least two of those maybe three and then maybe take against western michigan in week 12
0: yeah i i don't i feel yeah it's four or five wins right on the four and a half line crazy The vegas has done it again man they've those done guys, it again those guys really know how to how to, how to write a schedule they really do we're on, we're on to buffalo marcus fuqua and the buffalo bulls very uh optimistic about them this is a team
1: I'm very excited about this year. Uh, I I, I like Cole Snyder a lot. He he's there, there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the Mac. Cole Snyder's a, a one of them. Uh, I really like their defense, though. Sean Dolak, I think, is a stud in the in the contention for a defensive player of the year in the Mac. Fuqua, obviously nation's leader in, in interceptions last year. Could he could he repeat? It'd be a big, big, big help for them if he did. Then we talk about. We, I talked about Booby Curry earlier, how I think he could be a breakout. And then they have guys in the backfield, uh, Ron Cook Jr. and Mike Washington, another, like we talked about, it. it's going to be a, a trend in the Mac. Good running back duos, good running back trios, committees. It's, it's a fun team.
0: It is it's a very fun team. Is there anyone else at wide receiver that you're looking to possibly step up? I know I'm looking at maybe Chance Morrow, who transfers in from Louisville. Maybe a a Power Five talent that finally finds his footing in the MAC and can blossom into something special.
1: Maybe a uh, Cole Harity wasn't a big target last year. I think he had a little less than 200 yards, but he's their leading receiver returning from last year. So maybe he has some kind of chemistry with Snyder, and they they could kind of have a little connection going. But he Snyder threw for 3,000 yards this year. Those those yards have to go somewhere. Yeah. So uh, so maybe may, maybe Harity steps up. Maybe. Maybe T- Tad Bar. There's there, there's some names they have out there.
0: Yeah, uh, I also um, don't remember if you mentioned him on their defense, but I do like Jay and Oliver at corner as well. Uh, looking at Buffalo's schedule, what are you thinking? What stands out?
1: I have I have nine and three, which is well above their win total. But I I just really I really think this team's good. Obviously, Wisconsin is tough. Louisiana and maybe for them, they should win. I think, I think they beat Liberty at home. Uh They beat Akron, uh, beat Bowling Green at home. I think their losses are mm, at Toledo. I think they probably lose that one Uh at Miami, Ohio, and then at Wisconsin or one of at Miami Ohio or one of at Louisiana. I think they lose Wisconsin, lose Toledo and then lose one of away versus Louisiana or Miami. Ohio. I think they go 8 and 4 nine and 3, but I think I think 9 and 3.
0: Yeah, I'm on the 8 and 4 mark. I think that they're going to be like this is a team in this conference that this is the they they play in the tougher division. Like just straight up they play in the tougher MAC division and it's going to be very interesting to see who reps in The Mac title game you're leaning Buffalo early, though it seems I, that's where I'm at. But obviously, it is the Mac,
1: it could be pretty much anyone, it can't really be Kent State, but it could be pretty much anyone else.
0: Sorry, Kent State, uh, yeah, again, I'm in the A and four range for Buffalo as well. Uh, and I, I really hope that Booby Curry breaks out. We're on to Central Michigan now, where hey man. We still don't even know who is starting a quarterback. It might be Burt Emanuel Jr. It might be Jace Bauer. It could be both of them in a little QB, QB committee. We're we're plenty unsure. But what we do know is on defense, Dante Kent stands out. Javarius Sims is someone to look out for. Trey Jones is a really good safety. Central Michigan's got plenty of talent. Vegas has them at five and a half for the win total. They went four and eight last year, but. It was an electric 4 and Those games at the end of the season when Bert Emmanuel was playing were electric.
1: Yeah. I I only hope that they let Bert Emmanuel play. May, may maybe do a little a little two QB system where if if we need if we need like a third and twelve, we could put Jace Bauer in. But let, let Bird Emmanuel cook. Let, let, let him do let him be exciting. Let him be fun. Uh, the defense you talked about, I think, I think the name you, you might have missed was Kyle Moretti, very good at linebacker. Uh, that the Rob, the Rob Aki system is a very fun defense. They they play they're extremely fast to the ball and they're really physical. So I think that their defense should be good. And if the offense can click, obviously it's a big if with whether Bert takes that step forward, whether whether Jace Bauer maybe maybe breaks out, maybe he's a done, maybe he slings the rock around. But it the I think mean, the defense will be pretty good. I think the offense is going to be the question mark there.
0: hmm And it's the um Post Lou Nichols, Sarah, man. Kind of uh, kind of sad to see
1: him go. Yeah. That's another interesting thing there. Who steps up at running back? Marion Luke's would probably be the person you'd expect. But again, it's a team that has multiple guys back there. Miles Bailey's back there as well. So it's gonna be interesting to see who stepped out at running back.
0: Yeah, um, looking at the schedule, you start with Michigan State, New Hampshire, Notre Dame, uh, South Alabama three of those on the road you're getting new Hampshire at home probably a 1-3 start eastern michigan we kind of keep picking on because they're this team that and it feels like they're i will talk about the next but with eastern michigan it feels like every time we kind of see one of these teams that has emu on their schedule it feels like emu's just getting them at the worst time possible uh they're, Central Michigan's starting one three in this scenario. Now they get Eastern Michigan at home. Like you're thinking, all right, we've we've got to go get a win here. This like it's not desperation time, but we've got to figure things out ASAP. You're at Buffalo, then you have the Akron, Ball State, Northern Illinois, Western Michigan quadrant.
1: Hmm. That, that that's the big stretch for their season. If they can take four, three or four there, I think that they go they goes a little better for them. But I I have them at five and seven
0: five and seven. I I think that there's a a big difference here. I think if Burt Emanuel Jr. plays, that he could elevate them enough to maybe win six, seven games. If not, I think it's more so four or five. I think that there's a significant swing between what he brings to the table and what power brings to the table. With Burt Emanuel Jr., again, you're just getting – you're getting the best rushing quarterback in the sport, I think it's fair to say, after what we saw in the short sample size last year. Absolutely incredible, dynamic, knows what he's doing when he's running the ball. He's able to just evade defenders with ease, power through them. You have to play this kid, and if he doesn't play, I think it's, I think it's tough for CMU.
1: Yeah, you you really just got to let him cook, because obviously that, that first four games is going to be tough. You're probably only one and three. You got to let him get
0: through his growing pains there, and then maybe he can hit his stride in the middle of the year. For sure. On to Eastern Michigan big fans of french fries and potatoes they went nine four last season Win total this year a seven and a half what do you think about Coughlin's crew uh obviously they lose. Crew, sorry.
1: <laughs> they lose their starter Taylor Powell at quarterback but he missed a few games last year and Austin Smith had to play I think he played in nine total games and he started four games because of injury and he went three and one the games he started so it's not like it's a huge step down. So he, if he can perform well, take a step forward with like a full year of being the QB1, I think the offense could be good. Obviously, the most important part of their offense is Samson Express in the backfield. Uh, they're they're, they're going to be running the Rock. Samson Evans, the stud, had 15 TDs last year. It's a number you'd think he can probably reach again this year. When they do throw the Rock, uh, Tanner Canoe, Tanner New, is the is going to be the main target on, on, at receiver. Had Around 600 yards last year, nine tuds. So the offense, I I think, will be good. The the defense, their best strength is linebacker. They they have one of the, if not the best, linebacker duo in Chase Klein and Joe Sprecio. And they have a couple good guys in the secondary as well. Joshua Scott and Kempton Shine are both two good players.
0: Yeah, and they lose some big names from last season. You talked about Taylor Pals in the CFL, City Show, Jose Ramirez uh like they lost some key guys um dylan drummond Drummond, yeah Hassan baidun like it's gonna be really interesting to see how they i because expectations might be too high for a team that lost so much key talent from last year's team i don't know where are you thinking
1: I I had them going seven and five, which is under their win total. But I think, given what they lost, I think would still be a like it, it'd be something that would be a good season for them. They they benefit from having a pretty weak non conference schedule. Uh, How Howard you consider probably a win at Minnesota at Minnesota, maybe lose that, but then probably beat Massachusetts, probably beat Jacksonville State in the post post coach primetime era. No, bad. It's the wrong school. Oh, was it?
0: Yes. Oh. <laughs> Whoops. They're in the retro right there, man. I'll get in Yeah, should should be Howard. Eat UMass. I honestly think that they could drop it to ja- to Jacksonville State. Well, they're going to lose now that I... Now, <laughs> now that I called it the wrong school. I I, I just... Again, as I was talking about when you were talking about the the Central Michigan, the schedule just aligns so oddly for EMU. In my honest opinion, like I, I could see them with a two and two start, and then at Central Michigan, I feel like they could lose, and that's two and three. Ball State, I would say, is a coin flip game, so you're looking at three and three or two and four out the gates in your first six. Kent State should be a win. At, at Northern Illinois, I give a loss. So we'll say four and four. Western Michigan's five and four. To Leo Akron, Buffalo. That's gonna end up, what six and six.
1: Yeah. Maybe, maybe again, it is the Mac. They probably steal one of those games. So that's that's how I get them to seven and five.
0: All right. Also look out for Joshua Scott as well. We'll move on to our next team. Um yikes. It's Kent State. They were they went through the most devastating offseason that any team in college football had to deal with. You lost Colin Schley to UCLA. You lost Marquez Cooper to an in conference opponent. You lost Devontae Walker to UNC, Dante Cephas to Penn State. You lost your head coach to take an offensive coordinator role at Colorado. You lost a whole lot more that we can't even get into because. This team's gonna lose a lot of games this year, and that's what we need to focus on. I was very high on Kent State last year in the flash fast offense. They went five and seven. They should have done better. They under exceeded that with injuries. Now I don't even know where to begin. The win totals two and a half, and I think that's too high. Uh, I I would agree. It's
1: it's it's never easy to win in college with a first first year head coach. Then on top of that, a new quarterback, new number one receiver, new running back, uh, 10 of your 16 players who played significant snaps on defense gone. It's just – it's going to be a rough go for the Golden Flashes. It, it, to call it a transition period is nice. It, it's It's just going to be a bad year of Golden gonna Flash football. It's going to be a
0: Yeah. Yeah, they're going to get picked on a lot. I didn't exactly love what I saw from Devin Kargman last year. Um, but hey, I said that about Rourke last year and he went out and was is one of my favorite players now. So maybe Cartman replicates that. I like Trell Harris at receiver. I like Xavier Williams a lot at running back. He's got plenty of juice, but it, it is it's a what a wasteland I don't- It's a wasteland.
1: The running back room I think is the most interesting probably part of this team. So obviously Xavier Williams and then Kai Thomas back there are both two guys that had really good 2021 seasons and then had either injuries or just didn't get on the field in 2022 and had big down years, but both of them had over 800 yards in 2021. So if one of them may, one, maybe both of them take us, takes a step forward. Maybe, maybe, maybe they, maybe they get over two and a half maybe.
0: Yeah. Now, how do they get over two and a half, Matt? Because they're playing at UCF. So they're opening with a loss. Playing at Arkansas, another loss. Kent State plays a tough non conference year after year. Central Connecticut State, you're going to have to hope is a win at Fresno State. So we'll say a one and three start, three absolutely brutal road games to play. And then you're starting conference play with Miami of Ohio. And at Ohio, and then at Eastern Michigan, and first Buffalo. That is Murderer's Row to begin your MAC season and your season at whole. That's seven of your eight games are extremely tough, and you're staring at one seven and, at the start, and then you've got to go to Akron. We kind of talked up Akron a little bit. Don't don't uh don't expect the uh, zips to be a. Uh, like uh, a free win, right? is so, like Akron's gonna be a much better team than people expect. It's gonna, we, we already talked about them, whatever. Bowling Green's like another team that's probably just better than Kent State. Ball State, I don't think they're gonna win Ball State, and I don't think they're gonna be Northern Illinois. I think there's one team on there, and it's Central Connecticut. I think the one team that they win is the FCS team. That they yeah, I think it's that bad. I I wrote down two and
1: 10. But we'll get to something later in my uh, in my hot takes that may, may may contradict that. But two two and ten, I think. I, I think three and nine would be a huge year for for this team. If, it if, would
0: be a massive
1: accomplishment if you look at the ce- ceiling, floor, and realistic that, that Dave did for it. he gets six and six in the ceiling. I, the I, I uh,
0: three and nine.
1: I struggle to see six and six. I think the ceilings. Probably four and eight if they if they can you know, completely completely overexceed all expectations two and ten I think is probably realistic floor one and eleven I agree they should beat Central Connecticut you can only hope they beat Central Connecticut because if if they don't beat Central Connecticut they might not get a win until midweek match in action
0: so they might if they they might win. not get one at all yeah if they don't beat Central Connecticut Kent State might not win a game until twenty twenty four. Yeah. Like it, I, I think the realistic ceiling and floor. The ceiling should be like three and nine or four and eight. The floor should be zero and twelve. And realistic should be one and eleven or two and ten. I just this is a really bad football team that was absolutely ravaged by this new era of the transfer portal and the and an enhanced coaching carousel where talent is flying everywhere and anywhere. And this is the team that got picked on He's a amazing. lot. Yeah, probably probably the most in the country. It's very this is the these are the repercussions. A new staff comes in here and they have to deal with this. And if they defy logic and they win three, four, five, six. Games somehow like if they win three games, I think it's an accomplishment. If they win four, I think they've won the Super Bowl. If they win five, and shrine this team into the Kent State all Fame. If they win six and go bowling, this is the best team in college football history. It, it, it,
1: this it, they they're going up against a more just more loss than I think. It's pr- in terms of like what they're losing, like losing a head coach, <clears throat> losing quarterback, losing a running back. Obviously, those are more influential than losing like a couple of linemen. If if they're able to go 4-8, it's, it's a massive. Un, yeah. un Massive is understating how how good of a uh, season that would be for them.
0: It's not even like that they just lost a quarter. like They lost a, a Power 5 quarterback in college league who goes to UCLA and will compete for his dying job. They lose an all-conference running back. They lose two NFL talent – like two N- caliber – Two NFL-caliber receivers in Devontae Walker, who could, I think could be a first-round pick, and Dante Cephas, who could be a day-two pick. That is gargantuan talent to lose. And then the OC, uh, sorry, the head coach, Sean Lewis, who who's built this program, who has implemented the flashy and the fast offense, and he goes and takes it to be with Dion. Uh, it's like, it's just brutal. So I feel bad for Kent State. This is this is tough. They don't deserve this, but yikes, man. Um, the, when we're talking about the toughest schedule in conference, uh, when we're talking about the toughest schedule in college football and you actually factor in who the team is that has to play these opponents, I think Kent State has the toughest schedule in college football because of what their talent is compared to who they're playing each and every week. Yeah, you, you ain't the SEC, but it's like I don't know. It's like Bishop Sycamore having to play a Big Ten schedule. It's
1: it, it's gonna, it's gonna be rough. Uh, I think that's that's enough. It's enough sad times. I yeah, sorry. We think we should move sorry. on. We'll should to, move on. Yeah. Miami, Ohio. we yeah. should
0: have a little more optimism. The the Royal Gabbert family. It's Brett Gabbert and the Miami of Ohio Redhawks. Yeah. Uh, I, so their offense
1: was a struggle last year, which was the biggest, biggest downfall for this team. I think getting Brett Gabbert back from he had the injury riddled 2022, if he has a fully healthy year, the offense should be much better than they need him to in order to have an exciting offense. I think Joe Wilkins Jr., the Notre Dame transfer, is a very exciting transfer. I think I think he, he has the potential to be a number one or number two guy in this offense. And I, I think he could help if he was able to build a rapport with Gabbard, I think it would be really big for this offense.
0: Yeah. Uh when you're looking at defense, I really like Corey Suttle. I believe we have him as an all-mac player. I think Matt Salopek's another really good good player. Chuck has Warren is someone I'm very high on. I don't think people talk about him near enough. He's very strong instinctually. Uh love his ball hawking skills at safety. I I I mean Miami High was just got kind of a very solid team. Their win total is six and a half. They went six and seven last year, but you
1: know I I really like their defense. So their offense should be good if if Brett Gabbard returns the horn. Their defense I like. You talked about Corey Suttle, Salopek, and Warren. Other guys, Brian Ugu on the D line is good. Michael Dowell and Jaden Williams, the USC transfer in the secondary, are both good. I think this this is, this has the potential to be. One of the best defenses in the MAC. I think they're the second best statistically last year. I think I think they have a chance to, to be the best this year.
0: Yeah, and they're starting off with that Miami bowl at the U. They might be the U or the O after this game. We'll see. At UMass at Cincinnati, it's a very tough start to your season. It's a road trip. Yes, they should beat UMass, but I mean that Miami at Cincinnati is brutal. Uh, versus Delaware State, and then you get to start MAC play with you're playing 3 of the weaker teams in the conference at Kent State, first blowing green at Western Michigan. So that's always nice. And then you somehow get stuck with Toledo and Ohio the next two games. Yeah,
1: I think if if they come out of the the gate strong and are able to be 5 and 2 by week 7, I th- I think that'd be really good. But obviously it, they're their back half the back five games are going to be pretty rough. They get Akron in there which should be a win also, but I think I think in order for them to go to beat their win total, which is six and a half to get to seven, I think they have to be five and two in the first seven weeks.
0: Yeah, I could see them winning their first five games. I I could see them beating Toledo as well. I do not see them beating Ohio nor Buffalo, though. So I That's think I'm at like seven or eight wins.
1: Yeah. I, I, uh... I, I, I put down seven. I think it's either going to be seven or eight, depending on if they get an upset against one of Toledo, Buffalo, or Ohio.
0: I'm going even call it upside. So I yeah, I would say eight wins for Miami, Ohio. Uh just just gotta love watching Brett Gabbard play some uh play some football. We'll find out who steps up at receiver after the loss of Mac Hippenhammer. But uh Miami, Ohio is gonna be a good team. Again, that defense is deadly. On to Northern Illinois, who I've got high hopes for after a three and nine season last year, Matt. What do you make? I'm gonna let you cook here because you you You're were talking up you were
1: talking up yeah. Northern Illinois during the ACC preview, which for I don't even, yeah. even know how they got involved, but you yeah, you were talking man. them up, so I'm gonna let you cook here with Northern Illinois.
0: Yeah, that happened. I like Northern Illinois a lot, as we've spoken about a ton already. You go in the MAC. You could be at the top of the conference one year, at the bottom, but at the bottom the next, and then back in the mix the next year. I think that's the case for Northern Illinois, who was at the top in 2021, at the very bottom in 2022, and I think they're going to be in the mix this season. I think they're the MAC's dark horse darling this season, I think it's okay that they lose Harrison Whaley at Ryan back. They're getting Ontario Brown, uh, Gavin Williams who's a very strong one-two punch. Ontario Brown as I said, is going to be a breakout back for them. Trayvon Rudolph is a game-breaking talent and receiver who they never had last season due to, uh, I believe it was an ACL injury before the season. So you're getting that deep threat back who all he did, the former walk-on, all he did when he played for Northern Illinois was catch lightning. It was deep reception after deep reception after deep reception going for like 200, 300 a game seemingly. So I, I really like what Illinois has and what's very important here is that this is a team that, yes, was 3-9 and nine last year, but they never had stability at quarterback. We're talking about a team that had like five quarterbacks play last season. Rocky Lombardi was hurt. Ethan Hampton was hurt. I think Kremis Scully came in and was hurt hurt too. They always had someone come in at quarterback and get hurt. But even when Rocky, Rocky Lombardi was playing, like they competed with Vanderbilt. Uh, when he, they competed with Kentucky and Ethan Hampton, when he came in, he was still a good player. They played in a lot of close games, and they just didn't win the coin tosses that they had won. The coin flips that they had won in 2021. So I think and I could find a way to get on the right side of. The ball this season with sustained quarterback play. I don't care if it's Hampton. I don't care if it's Lombardi. One of the two is going to get it done. The offensive scheme relies on the the run heavily and then just finding big plays in the passing game. So I think Norno is going to succeed, in the defense really good too. C.J. Brown's player, Devontae O'Malley is a player.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's the most optimistic look at this team is that they were really bad in one score games last year. They, I think they were two and seven in one score games last year. And the teams they played in like two one score games were good teams. You talked about Vanderbilt. You talked about Kentucky. Uh, to Ohio, they played to a one score game. Uh, Tulsa, they played to a one a one score game. Like they'll, they'll, They played good teams to one score games. So I think that is the most – optimistic look at this team big, big question obviously who is going to step in at quarterback is it rocky lombardi is it ethan hampton uh you would think rocky lombardi as the incumbent ish starter would take the job but if ethan hampton is able to give him a push he was supposed he would reportedly really good in the spring this year so maybe he gives him the pleasure. maybe he he grabs that job by the reins.
0: Yeah, I like Hampton a lot, but again, whoever they play at uh, at quarterback, I think they'll be okay with Rocky Lombardi's been in college since two thousand. You'll have his his um his confidence and leadership and just solid play. Or Hampton, I think, has more upside. I think they've had a really bad taste in their mouth since they got blown out by Akron the end last season, uh, their win total is five and a half. I would smash the over. Mitch wrote about them in our magazine. He put ceiling a nine and three, floor four and eight, realistically seven and five. What about you?
1: I, I had them for six and six. Okay. I so I think, hey,
0: I think they're going to beat Boston college. So <laughs> there's that. That's how they got brought up in the ACC. I think they should beat Southern Illinois. I I I could see a world where they beat Nebraska, dude. I really can. I I I I think that they'll to be safe, I think that they'll take one of the Boston College or the Nebraska game. Uh they should also beat Tulsa. At Toledo, I'll give I'll give a loss there, but at Akron they should win. I don't think they'll beat Ohio, but then I think they win out. I think that they beat Eastern Central Ball State, Western, and Kent State. So uh let me tell you how many when so was. was two and one, three four, five, six,
1: seven, eight, nine, nine, three. I, I think that I, I, it's a very real possibility that they win their last five and they definitely should win their last four. So I, I, I think if they're, if they're able to to muster through that middle half of the season, I, I, I think eight and four, nine and three is definitely very doable. I think, I think six and six, seven and five is where I'm at. But again, both, all of those numbers that we just talked about are well over the win total at five and a half. So if, if you believe us, this is a team that should exceed their win total.
0: Yeah, uh, they have an identity. They want to run the ball. They want to hit big plays in the passing game. i play action and stuff. Thomas Hammock has a system in place, and they thrived with it. They crushed it in one score games in 2021. They didn't in 2022. You would think, much like the NFL, year to year, that the coin flips even out. Does it happen for Northern Illinois this upcoming season? I think so. I think they're gonna be a lot of people them a lot better than people give them credit for. Ethan Hampton or Rocky Lombardi, whoever's throwing the Trayvon on Rudolph, Ontario Brown, um, Gavin Williams, whoever's around the rock, they're gonna be good hands. CJ Brown again, really good on the defense side of the ball as well. So I like Northern Illinois a lot. That's why I'm optimistic. Now, another team you're optimistic about. Oh boy. Yeah. This is the, we got doing this by the ABCs. got this to the Liam, uh, back to back here with Northern Illinois and Ohio. I wrote about Ohio in our preview. I was pessimistic about them last season. I am overly optimistic about them. Now I became overly optimistic about them probably during the Fordham shootout last year. I really started to, take a liking to this team to Curtis Rourke, what he was doing, what he worked on in the offseason, a pristine placement of a pristine placer of the ball. Like had I talked to tight ends coach, Coach Brian Metz at Ohio, and he told me, Curtis Rourke, I have confidence in him to not only throw it through a like to throw it through a keyhole, man. Like that precise. He's throwing to Sam Wigglis. Excellent receiver, just knows how to get open. Those two have an incredible connection. Uh they're they're thinking the same things. They know what each other's gonna do, what they're gonna say. Uh they they play golf together all the time. Sam Wiglett, 95 is gonna bring us up. Sam Wiggles holds the uh is the best golfer on the team. I believe he shot even par on Ohio's 36 par nine hole course. The Ohio Bobcats, man, they're a tight-knit group, good team. You talk about Will Kackmark, that was my breakout player on the team. We haven't even talked about the running back room, which gets Oshan Allison back, but C.A. Bangura is a dog. He's going to be may, – he maybe could have been like a breakout player that we talked about, but maybe he was already too good for our liking to put him in the breakout tier. C.A. Vangiora is going to be seen as one of the best running backs in the group of five this season. He's going to produce at a big level. Offensive line is just very, very good, and that's why Ohio prides themselves on year after year as an offensive line that they could count on to push dudes out the way, let the run game get going, and help the pass game succeed. Parker Titsworth is a meme of a name, but he's a very good player as well. Intelligent, bright young man. Jay Ambajuri and Cedric Rhodes Jr. are also excellent players that play left tackle and right tackle looking at receiver you're gonna have to find someone else to step up jacoby jones miles cross stand out uh and on defense dude justin Burchett's Ber- a very good player tory cox jr is uh they call him scrappy dog if i'm not mistaken he's undersized uh but he's got all the heart and determination he's physical he'll let you know that he's he's making your uh your tuesday night a nightmare and he's gonna talk your he's gonna talk his uh but what's the expression? He's just gonna talk a lot. He's gonna talk a lot, of smack. So yeah, I like Ohio a lot.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I don't have much to add on there. You, like I said, this is your team. I'm gonna let you cook. But another guy. Uh, so they obviously have market tight end. He he's their pass catcher, good run after catch guy. Uh, Tyler Tyler Foster is a really important part of their run game. He it's part of why. Miami my or not Miami, Ohio's run game is so successful as those tight ends do work in the run game it's when they in those two tight end sets they're able to move people off the ball but the, the, the offense should be good the defense should be good as well their secondary is very good they have a lot of guys in that secondary uh from you t- you talked about Tory Cox and Justin Brissett. Adonis Williams is back there he's good as well uh Roman Parody uh, had, had eight pass breakups last year it's a very good secondary
0: yeah. Uh, and Tyler Foster even caught the game winner in the Barcelona Sports Arizona Bowl last season, the nice little Moss. They had in the back of the end zone. I also just another guy to identify would be an incoming freshman, Ricky Hunt Jr. I know that he's been making waves in the spring. I don't know how much PT he's going to get because it's a crowded running back room, but if he sees playing time this year, expect him to thrive, expect him to make a name for himself early. And Curtis York has been well ahead of schedule in his rehab since he went down last year in the, the Ball State game. He and Carson Steele both got her in the same game. Unbelievable that happened. But Curtis York is well, well uh, beyond where he should be in this rehab. He's doing very well. He'll be right for a star season where they're taking on San Diego State in San Diego, which I'm not thrilled that that's their opener because that's a pretty tough week zero game. Yeah. Uh, I think.
1: They they, they, they they draw a tough non conference schedule. San Diego State and Ohio or Iowa State in there. So I think up for you. Oh I, yeah. So they're if they, if they can get through two two and two split split the non conference. I think ten and two and nine and three. They're sweeping sweeping the MAC or going what uh, eight and one and or <laughs> seven and one in conference play is are both very doable. So I put them at nine and three. I think they probably it is the Mac. We said it a million times. They they probably do end up dropping one on a random Wednesday night. But uh I think nine and three or ten and two. The, the anything less than nine and three, I think, is a disappointment for this team.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I put the uh I put the floor at six and six because like like we said, anything could happen in the Mac. What if they start one and three dropping San Diego State FAU, Iowa State. Um the good thing for Ohio is they avoid Toledo. That's massive. Who they should have beat Toledo in the MAC title game last year, but they didn't have Curtis Rourke and they still almost beat Toledo. So, whatever. Uh, weeks five, six, and seven, you're getting Bowling Green, Kent State, and Northern Illinois. Oh, and eight is Western Michigan. So, I think there's like four very winnable games there, even though I do have high hopes or Northern Illinois. Ohio's just better than everyone else in the MAC, I believe. So, I my realistic is nine and three and the ceiling is ten and two. I do think that they're gonna pick off. I, I think they're gonna get get two wins in in non-conference. I hope that they beat San Diego State. I think that I, I I'm not very high on Iowa State this season. Uh, I know that there's some stuff flowing around there that could really impact their season. I think Ohio's going to beat Iowa State. I think the FAU game's tough, though, man. I'm more confident in them to beat Iowa State than FAU, yeah, especially especially at home. Yeah, that's a tricky game. So I have nine and three for Ohio. What what was yours? Nine nine and three as well. I think I think two and two in
1: non-conference, and they drop one against maybe Buffalo or <laughs> maybe at Northern Illinois. There's there, there's a few games that they could drop.
0: Yeah, I. This Ohio team is incredible. If we didn't influence you to bet them over seven and a half wins, then I don't know. I thought we're pretty good salesmen. Yeah, you you could take uh, Daquan Finn, Quinion Mitchell, and Toledo.
1: Uh, I, this is the Daquan Finn show. He was
0: exceptional
1: last year. It returns his top two receivers and Jerron Newton and Devin Maddox. The other receiver to look out for that in that receiver room is junior Vander Ross. The third, he, he had a very good spring. And what like one of the coaches has the ability to catch. He, he was catching everything thrown his way. He was a magnet to the ball. And then the O-line was good last year and should be very good again this year. Uh, They, they return. I think all of their starters, maybe one, they maybe they, they, they had one guy that uh like kind of manufactured. And then Nick Rossi is the leader. his first team all MAC at tackle, and then the defense very good as well. They had the best statistic statistically the best defense in the MAC last year and was 18th in the country, which for a MAC team is very impressive. in total yardage at 326 yards, they were third in the MAC in pitch, second in sacks. Uh, there the, the the defense is very good. Quinion Mitchell, you already talked about, is very good. Uh, but then uh the the uh, I lost my chance. Dallas Gant, their their leading tackler, is, is back at linebacker. Their biggest losses on the D-line. They lost a lot of their edge rushers in Deswan this, this Johnson and Jamal Hines. They lost a lot of edge rushing talent. But if the secondary can keep it up and kind of ma- just ma- hold down teams in the past game, I think they
0: should be very good again. So we do have words from Dave, who unfortunately isn't with us for the Mac pod, but does say this is Finn's conference to lose. I I I would
1: agree. I I'll say it's his division to lose. I, I, I wouldn't say it's his conference to lose. I think there's a there's some good teams in the Mac, but I think I think that, that they should they should be the far and away favorite in the West.
0: Yeah. And they went nine and five last season and they dropped two games that they never should have. They lost to Bowling Green, they lost to Western Michigan. Uh we'll see how they fare this season. Again, it's a team that's littered with talent. All I did last year. On our mac preview pod well i did a lot more than this but i spoke up daquan finn a lot i said i say he's going to be one of the most exciting players in college football to watch he's an extremely exciting player to watch he is a fascinating talent super athletic the dive that he did at san diego state after he got hurt last year was wild to see he's must see tv man they're running backs from a stack which I'm gonna with to Start, Penny Boone, and Micah Kelly. Judge is just an incredible name at DT. It's a very, very strong team. It'd be a mistake if we didn't talk uh at least mention like Max and the Hook and Nate Bauer. Look at their schedule, though. That Illinois game that you're starting with, that ain't easy. That ain't easy. But if you can pick not- that game off, that's good for the Mac. We like that. We'd appreciate that
1: yeah they, illinois they were good last year but they do lose they, they lost a lot of talent to the nfl uh, which at, if, at most teams that have very good years do tend to do that so maybe they start off on a downstretch but uh i think i think 10 and 2s for me nine and three is the floor here I, I i i don't think they should be losing less than nine games i have them going 10 and two, dropping at illinois then Where else do we see them? I'll give that. I'll say they lose at at Miami Ohio, but this is a team that I think should go ten and two, maybe eleven and one.
0: I I have eight or nine wins. I think they're going to lose to Illinois. I think they're gonna. I think they're going to lose to Ball State. Uh, did I say, dude? This is so bad that I didn't write this down. I can't remember if they said Ball State was going to be the whatever. We're just doing this awful. I don't know. I I like eight or nine wins for Toledo. Um, I, I I just I do think that Northern Illinois has the upper hand on them, even though I see Toledo beating Northern Illinois Week Five. I think Northern Illinois is going to be able to outlast in the MAC division, uh, in the MAC conference championship race.
1: Uh, it, most Mac teams that make it the conference championship don't make it back the next year. So maybe we do see a down year, but I I think, I just think Daquan Finn is too good for that.
0: I do too. I think they're a well-coached team with coach candle, but regression happens in this conference. And I have seen year after year as a Toledo believer as a Mac and diehard Toledo be dropping the most unreal games that they never should, and that was evidenced by the Bowling Green and Western Michigan ones last year. So if they went out there this year and like lost to Ball State and Miami of Ohio back to back weeks, it wouldn't be surprising for me. Like like that week seven, eight, nine stretch, they could very well lose two of those games, and it's just going to be Max and Dieyards on Twitter blowing up everyone's timeline of yikes here we go again the same Toledo story as always this team just can't live up to the expectations and if that happens again devastated yeah we want to move on to our last team wow it's really our last team it's we're going to Kalamazoo it's a famous quote that a lot of people in life have said (laughs) did you know that I did not Um, yeah I just said it for starters. Um, uh, so
1: a lot, lot, a new regime in Western Michigan, a lot of new coach, all for, uh, first year head coach and offensive coordinator. Uh, we were thinking it's probably going to be some sort of air raid offense, a pass heavy offense. And the question is who plays quarterback? They had a quarterback competition between three guys and then Salopec and Borgé took the most of the snaps. And then after camp was over, uh two-year-old Dominion starter Hayden Wolf transfers in. And now we're thinking he's probably the starter. He is the most starting experience of any of the guys in the competition. But does he have enough time to mesh? That's obviously something we're gonna wait and see. Uh when he what when he does throw the ball, they have a decent group room receivers. They were obviously overshadowed a bit by Corey Crooms last year, who was extremely good. But uh, a few guys that are out there, uh J- Jelani Galloway and Anthony Sabucci both are really good after the catch guys. They're they're both going to make a guy miss if they if they catch the ball. So I think those, those going to be his two main targets when he's throwing the ball. So that but the question on offense is how who is going to be the quarterback and how well does he mesh with that offense?
0: Yeah. So I just to put bluntly, really don't like any of the quarterbacks on their roster. I didn't like watch any of them last year, and I especially did not. I, I just I'm not a huge Hayden Luft guy. So. That's not good. I think in addition to that being a big question is finding that next receiver, uh, Western Michigan time and time again, they have prolific receivers that go on to do great things and get to the NFL. We've seen it with Corey Davis. We've seen it with Sky Moore. Corey Crooms transferred up to Minnesota. There's some other ones I'm not mentioning just because there's so many and I can't remember off the top of my head. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think Nate Anderson's their next guy. I would look out for him six foot 175. Uh, redshirt fresh, freshman played in four games last year he had six catches for 39 yards against Northern Illinois. he's the guy that i would look out for to break out in western michigan's uh receiving room and then i like marshall marshall Neeland a lot at the end and ken kenny h lovely at corner we did a really cool feature story on him in our magazine and he's one heck of a player um Western's win total is three and a half, though, man. They won five games last season. I, I'm not thrilled about them this year. Uh, Dave gave them a ceiling of eight and four with a floor of two and ten and realistically five and seven. Again, the win total is three and a half. i half. I'm probably
1: closer to that floor than anything. I I think three and nine. I think the defense—they're well coached. Louis Posido is the one kind of holdover from the previous coaching staff. Is the seventh year there, and he, so there's there's a lot of familiarity with him and the and the team at least. However, they lost a lot of their starters. You talked about Marshawn Nealand and and Canai Lovely. Those are the pretty much the only two starters that are coming back from the, the 2022 team. So. Maybe those two can kind can kind of help everyone merge into the system. But if 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 that's if that defensive system doesn't come together to what was a pretty good defense in the Mac last year, it's gonna be rough because it, obviously we talked about we don't think we didn't think very highly of the offense. And then we didn't even talk about running back, but they Sean Tyler, who was their workhorse last year over a thousand yards, they lose him as well. So and then behind him, they don't have very many running all of the running backs. That are like kind of expected to take some snaps are either redshirt freshmen or true freshmen. So, what what's going to happen in the running back room if we don't have very good quarterback play and then we don't have very experienced running backs? The offense is just going to be really rough. I think.
0: Yeah, maybe it's C.J. Hester that makes the makes a lot of plays at running backs as incoming freshmen. Maybe it's Jalen Buckley. Maybe, maybe it's say here Abdus Salam. We really don't know. That's the beauty of the Mac. We're just being honest. Someone's gonna step up at Ryan back and play well that we're not expecting. You look at their schedule. At Syracuse, at Iowa, at Toledo. That's weeks 234. And at Mississippi State week six. The first the first
1: half outside of they have one win. Same Saint- outside of St. Francis week one. And then you look at even week seven and eight. Miami, Ohio, and at Ohio, there's a very real possibility.
0: Eastern Michigan, Week Nine, there's a
1: very real possibility they come out the gates one and seven, one and eight.
0: I would say, dude, I, I, the floor here should have been one ten. Or one eleven, sorry. The floor here should have been one eleven because there's a very real wor- world where they beat St. Francis PA and then don't win another game. This is a murderer's row for a, a lowly mag team. You have at Syracuse, at Iowa, at Toledo, versus Ball State, at Mississippi State, versus Miami of Ohio, at Ohio, at Eastern Michigan, versus Central Michigan, at Northern Illinois, versus Bowling Green. Tell me how many wins there is there. Uh two. I say like- I say two like how they don't ever get a break there's no break their break is week 1 you would hope that that's their break or they I, would hope that that's a break yeah
1: i think they they they, they should you'd expect them to beat saint francis week 1 and then i think they pick off one of ball state or bowling green at home in week 5 or week 12 but outside of that it is not an easy schedule
0: no they got they got stuck with the second hardest schedule in the, conference. the other one obviously can't stay um we'll move on to some uh awards and stuff let's start with the offensive player of the year we both go quarterback i went curtis rourke i went daquan finn the, the, they're the two most exciting quarterbacks in the conference
1: uh, uh except well two two most exciting throwing quarterbacks of the conference the most exciting quarterbacks of the conference is of course bird Emanuel. but
0: okay okay defensive player of the year i went Quinion mitchell I went Sean Dolak, who was
1: second in the country in tackles last year, and I think he loses his – who was expected to be his, his, like, senior last year, and then he kind of just exceeded him in every way. He loses him. I think there's a possibility he leads the country in tackles this year. Coach
0: of the year, I went Thomas Hammock.
1: I went uh, Maurice Linguist with Buffalo. I Like like I talked about, I expect Buffalo to win in the East, so if I expect him to do that, he should
0: probably be coach of the year. Yep, and – Uh, blah blah. What's the championships? Yes, the Mac. Wait, hold on. The Mac championship, you have, but
1: I, like I said, I had Buffalo winning the East, and I think Toledo's the class of the West. I have Buffalo beating out Toledo in the championship game.
0: I have Ohio being Northern Illinois in the Mac championship game.
1: Four completely different teams than that as it should be in the MAC championship. <laughs>
0: that's that's very on brand. Now we get some hot takes and bold predictions. I will start. Curtis Rourke uh, throws two or less interceptions this season. Very possible. Very possibly. You know, like we talked
1: about, how accurate he is. Uh, at my first one, I went. Booby Curry is a clear wide receiver one and goes for over eight hundred yards.
0: Okay, number two. Is that um Northern Illinois wins at Boston College or Nebraska? They'll take one of those two games. And, uh, we talked we talked about how high you were in
1: Northern Illinois, so that's not expected. You went with a high, I went with an extreme low. I went uh one of Kent State or Western Michigan loses win loses all 12 games,
0: win zero games. Yikes. That's not good. I would agree <laughs> with that. I think that's very fair. Um I I wanna go with I'm gonna go for something crazy here. In the top 25, there will not only be one Mac team that makes the top 25, there will be two occasions this season where we have a Mac team ranked. Two different Mac teams that get ranked in the same season. I think that's very possible with we talked about three very good teams. You and even
1: then you had Northern Illinois exceeding the teams I talked about, I say Buffalo. Buffalo, Ohio, and Toledo are the, what I was say the three best teams. If you have Northern Illinois being the championship, you expect them, them to be up there as well. So there's four very good teams in the MAC. I think it's a real possibility. Uh, my last one, I went with another stat one. Uh, Bert Emanuel Jr. Runs, rushes for over 1,700 yards on the ground. play in the video game. If you look at his – so we take out the first game where he started – or where he, he came in about halfway through, and you look at just the last three games, he ran for 478 yards. Divide that by three, you're getting 150. Multiply that by 12, you're at 1,800 yards. So he was on pace in the last three games for 1,800 yards. Now, obviously, te- teams know what to expect with him now. Maybe he doesn't get the full time there. But I th- I think I th- I, if he gets the chance to play all 12 games, I think there's a very real chance he he puts up at least 1500, I say 1700 yards on the ground.
0: Love it. That'll do it for our Mac preview. I hope that you enjoyed all our Max action Please check out our college football season preview magazine, 999. You can find our Twitter at T CFP at no context CFP. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe, Apple or Spotify. Please rate, rate us five stars, like us. Show people the links and help them uh, start listening to us and all that good stuff. We appreciate y'all. Hope you enjoy the rest of our conference previews, and we can't wait for college football to actually start so we could stop uh, trying to predict stuff. We want to talk about what's happening. Yeah, we want to be right already. We want to be in the action. We are. The